You're listening to the Get Fucking Real Show. Strap in as your host, Lisa Cherney, takes you on a ride full of GFR moments. From powerful messages to exclusive interviews to untold stories of super shitty moments before big successes. And even real-life confessions. Lisa's been mentoring millionaire entrepreneurs for over 20 years, coaching top coaches and tapping her mighty woo-woo side to mentor the best of the best spiritual peeps. It's time to bring on the straight talk from successful, soulful entrepreneurs, inspiring you to live without regrets, to create your legacy, and be unapologetically you. And now, it's time to GFR. Life is too short to be a slave to your own dream Cause I'm working too hard And I want to feel so alive I jump out of bed because I love my life Living on my terms, I know that I will thrive Being myself, clarity will arrive So I'll stand out and be J-U-I-C-Y Hello, welcome to Get Fucking Real. I am Lisa C, and I am excited to be here with you. And we're talking about one of my favorite topics, which is being vulnerable. Do you know how to be vulnerable? And I think it comes down to how we each define vulnerability. And I know that I keep raising the bar for myself because of my mission called Get Fucking Real. And And I could see how powerful it is when I am vulnerable and the impact that that makes on the people that I share my vulnerabilities with and then how it creates safety for them to share theirs. And then there is this awesome intimacy and connection and community that's created. Well, our guest today, Patrick Dominguez, really thought that he was being vulnerable and had an awakening of sorts, realizing like, wow, I'm actually not really feeling as deeply as I thought I was. It was almost, you know, he didn't even know he was like in, didn't take the red pill or the blue pill or whatever, (laughs) whatever the metaphor is. And I love this conversation. Patrick and I have a interesting, a couple interesting cross sections in our experience. Significant one is that we worked in partnership with somebody for quite a long time and then recently made a transition away from that into what we feel is, you know, our sort of new life purpose. For Patrick, it's around his own healing. Of course, this is what I believe is us mission-driven entrepreneurs. Our healing is a beautiful through line and births our next iteration, next evolution of our mission in the world. So the before is that Patrick grew a multi-million dollar business and he, it was a, really went to, it really grew into be a coaching empire. However, he felt like it pulled more and more away from his soul's calling. Now with his company, Inner Freedom Press, he focuses on helping business owners and high achievers with deep inner transformation. He specializes in helping people quickly uncover the deepest causes that hold them back from having the love, relationships, and business success they want. It's kind of like when people have tried everything, they wind up going to Patrick for that inner healing that they're craving. And like I said, um, he was co-founder of a multi-million dollar business. It was called The Big Shift, and he personally coached and trained thousands to make a difference. And now he is on his own new soul's journey with his inner freedom process. And he, we do a lot of talk about core wounds <laughs> in this show. And um, for our GFR squad members, that's a, a paid, very low entry, bar- barrier to entry, paid membership program. I actually um, do a session with Patrick for that our GFR squad members get to see where I talk about my core wound because I got to do a sample session, or actually not a sample session, but a real live um, session with Patrick. And we did some really cool deep work. And so I share that with our GFR squad members. So if you really like, you know, want to get to know me more personally, join the GFR squad. This is an unplanned plug at gfr.life forward slash squad. 
it really is a cool uh, community that we put together where you can let your hair down. You get to be upfront personal with my GFR process, often with these bonus sessions with our, our guests. I become a guinea pig. So uh, I was a guinea pig for Patrick, and then we share about that in that bonus segment. So without further ado, I can't wait for you to meet Mr. Patrick Dominguez. Welcome to the GFR show. Hello, Lisa and everyone. Great to be here. I am, I'm so excited how excited you are. When we, you know, we, we met to, to just talk a little bit before the show, you were telling me how much you've been looking forward to it. And it's fun to see that the guests get out, of, get out of it, you know, what they get out of this. Just knowing that they're coming on the show, it starts to kind of get their juices flowing. Is that what you experienced? <laughs> yeah, you know, and Lisa, I remember you telling me about this show before you kicked it off. And uh, ever since you've kicked it off, I've just been impressed by your vision, which is obviously people getting fucking real. And uh, I think we just need more and more realness in our industry, the coaching and transformation industry. And uh in the world in general. So uh, we'll see how that goes for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you've been on, you know, a journey as many of our guests have, you know, yours may be a little bit sort of uh, current, more current for you than some of our other guests of your own, you know, GFR journey. And so I'm excited to, to share it. And it's kind of similar to mine. There's a, we have a lot of similarities, which has been fun for us to realize. And we weren't really connected when we were sort of in our seven-figure part in our partnerships and the whole thing. Um, but it's got, so it's kind of fun post-game <laughs> to compare notes um, where we are now and where we were then. Yeah, there's a lot of parallels in our journey. I remember us talking about that. We were at our friend Christian Michelson's house a year or two ago, and just uh, we never realized until that moment just how many commonalities we've had in our journey. Yeah, it's pretty neat. It's really, really neat. Let's start with the before, Right. So we, you know, all of our stories around the GFR wormhole that led to birthing, you know, the next version of our work. And like for me, I had a seven figure business that you thought I thought I had arrived. You know, that was it. That's what I was going to do. And then I had a partnership and I thought that was it. And that wasn't it. So so take us to, you know, you know, a good amount of distance before that. So we could really appreciate, you know, what you learned along the way. Yeah. So let's see. So so basically I've co-owned this coaching, this business coaching business with Bill, Bill Barron, uh, for 10 years. And so before we started there, uh, I had spent 16 years, basically, mostly in the corporate world, some in the nonprofit sector, but basically I'd been a, a director of marketing for five different companies. I don't think and, I knew that. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, people are always surprised to hear that. And uh, yeah, so basically my, my background was primarily sort of in the business and marketing domain. And uh, and I met Bill about 16 years ago or so. Bill had started a coaching business. And at the time, I had never heard of coaching before. <laughs> you know, coaching has obviously grown a lot since that time. And it's you know, a lot more sort of well-known and high profile now. But th at the time, Bill was telling me he was doing coaching. And I remember asking him, what's coaching? And Bill said, why don't I just give you a session? And so I did a coaching session with Bill. And what I really liked about it was at the time, I'd been you know, really into personal development and mostly had been doing, going to workshops or reading self-help books. And so this idea of having an, an individual person guiding you, you know, towards your, your goals or your vision and what you're really wanting in life, having that individual attention and help was such a radical departure from self-help books where it's kind of do it yourself or going to workshops where you have a little bit of attention, but it's still kind of mostly do it yourself. So having an individual person helping you on your journey just seemed like, wow, what a great idea. And I got really enthralled by that. It's funny. We, I don't know if you know that I spent uh, about 15 years in corporate marketing and advertising before I started my own business. So Get uh, out of here. it's another point that we have in common. And I was on both sides of the you know, as we, we used to say, you know, uh, I was on the client side and the agency side. So I had both those um, pieces of experience. And when I left corporate, I was like, had it. I was like, I am not doing marketing. And then I realized that I needed to help people like entrepreneurs find their words. And it was like, oh shit, here I am back in marketing again. But it, it was so different. And I, and I knew immediately that marketing or selling myself was a completely different ball game. And thus, different for the people that I was helping. And so I was able to, uh, you know, be okay with going back there because it, it was taking on such a different flavor. 
Yeah, for the longest time, I just loved marketing. I had a strong passion for marketing. So uh, when I started out coaching, it was kind of natural to help people with their marketing because that's that's you know the world I knew. That was my area of expertise. Uh, but then I learned you know early on that coaching is especially since we were working with when Bill and I started out, we were working with all sorts of businesses, but we narrowed it down more towards uh, solopreneurs who had a private practice or had clients. You know, I learned early on that coaching is about so much more than just helping someone create their marketing plan or their action plan. You know, I remember one of my first clients, he came to the first session and he said, I'm a self-sabotager. And I didn't even know what that was, you know, so. <laughs> like he's like <laughs> diagnosing himself. <laughs> yeah, I, I could tell this is already not good. And uh, <laughs> so I had to ask him, what does that even mean, you know, a self-sabotager? Because at the time, you know, my background was from the business world. So I'd never been on a team of people where someone would say, like, I'm a self-sabotager. It just kind of wasn't, didn't really exist. And so uh, I came to see when I was working with individuals that a lot of people were sabotaging themselves in some way or were procrastinating or feeling paralyzed or just perpetually not clear and so forth. And so I got to discover, oh, there's this whole inner side of business, especially if you're in and on your own, that I hadn't been familiar with. And so a big part of my coaching journey to actually be a great coach or a, a master coach. Because early on, I set a goal for myself. I want to be a master coach because I, I got to know quite a few people early on who are master coaches. You know, Bill, who I mentioned, you know, was a master coach. Is that a credential? Is that like a credential thing? Or you just wanted to be really good at it when you say master? Uh, yeah, just I, really, I wanted to be really good at it. It was more from uh, watching Bill in action, you know, because when I started doing uh, work with Bill, he'd already been a coach for six years. So he was, you know, an outstanding coach. And, you know, through Bill and other contacts, I started meeting people who just it struck me that they were masterful coaches. I'd watch what they do and just be like, wow, that's really some spectacular coaching. So it's more from that point of view of just when I saw some people in action where I was so admiring or impressed by how they were working with people, that was kind of like the bar, just what I saw certain people doing. I'd love to be able to be coaching people at that level. And it, at first it just seemed daunting. I had no idea how that was ever going to happen. Yeah. That's, that's cool that you kind of set your sights on that. Can before we like move on forward in the story, can you take us back to when you like when and how you decided to leave your job to start this business with Bill? Well, I had just actually uh, finished up working for this green tech startup company in London. And I just come back to the U S and while I was in London, Bill and I had been uh, Skyping and Bill said, Hey, you know, at some point I would love to do some projects with you. And so when I came back to the U S called Bill up and said, hey, what projects did you have in mind? And so we ended up doing a tele-summit called the Time Mastery Tele-Summit. Bill had this idea that so many entrepreneurs have challenges around time, managing their time, feeling overwhelmed, using their time for the right thing. So we created this tele-summit where we brought together you know, 12 different experts, all with a different angle on time. It was one of those things where we did pretty well in terms of getting people to sign up and participate in the tele-summit. But it made very little money. You know, it made thirteen thousand uh, dollars. It was a humongous learning experience. But uh, you know, we calculated that we probably made uh, in all the and hours. That was, did you split that the thirteen thousand dollars? <laughs> we did, but we calculated we probably made like about twenty five cents an hour based on like oh my god hours we because you know a telesummit is very time intensive. It's ironically enough, it's a huge amount of time uh, with contacting all the guests and managing all the guests and so forth. So we realized, wow, we probably made like 25 cents an hour with all the time we put into it. But the, what we learned from it was, was massive. You know, people ask me a lot or Bill, you know, how did you guys become business partners? And, and people often ask me, and, and what advice would you provide when it comes to looking for a business partner? And so, you know, the, the first piece of advice I give people is work on a, work on a project or two with somebody. Don't jump in bed and start a, you know, an LLC or a legal entity right away, but like try a thing or two and see if you like working together, see if it's effective, uh, see, you know, see if you generate some interesting results and so forth. And then from there, you can see if you want to you know, have an even closer relationship. So we worked on a few different projects together early on. And we just saw like, wow, we work great together. There's such a synergy where we could just see like the two of us together were greater than each of us working separately. And so we did ultimately form, you know, a, 
and S Corp, and you know we were 50-50 partners for 10 years, uh, but we you know tested the waters first. Yeah, that's really great. And so, do you remember at some point making a conscious choice like I am not going back to corporate America, like I'm doing this entrepreneur thing, or did you just sort of like it sounds like you sort of fell into it and kept going? <laughs> yeah, I kind of fell into it. So it wasn't like any sort of like you know, I'm leaving corporate America. F you, corporate America, I'm yeah. out of here. There's none yeah. of that. Like with me, I got laid off three times in two years. So that was my, that was my kick in the butt. I say, I say corporate America kicked me out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like that for me at all. In fact, uh, I would say early on, uh, I had more of a, it was much more of a, wow, this is a big experiment, you know, being, you know, an entrepreneur and working on my own. I had done that very early on in my early twenties for a year or two, but, uh, it felt much more like, let's check this out. You know, let's test the waters on this and see if this is something I like doing and want to keep doing. So nice. Yeah. yeah. And I, I appreciate, I, the thing I want to comment on is that I appreciate the 50-50 nature of your partnership. I was in a significant partnership for also 10 years. And this was with Lisa Sasevich, who is, uh, I know her episode released on July uh around July 4th, um, 2019, but I don't remember that episode number. Um, and she's, her episode is called, you know, from seven figure success to intentional white space. So that, that says it all in terms of the phase that she, she's in, at least in the time of the episode. And, but we had, you know, a heyday for, for 10 years together. Um, when I came into it, her business was, uh, pretty well established and I, and so we never did the 50, 50 partnership thing. Um, we, you know, created our way that worked for us, but, you know, I think there's so much, we could do a whole other episode, right? Just on, you know, partnerships because um, GFR commandment number 11, this is, it comes up a lot when people talk about uh, GFR commandment number 11, which is embrace you are not the same person you were when you made those mistakes and they will not repeat. And I can't tell you how many times, Patrick, people bring up partnership. I'm never going to partner again. You know, they, and, and this is, you know, when I'm, you know, when I'm in a mentoring space with them, you know, they'll, they'll have something that's sort of on the horizon or something that's in their sphere. And they're like, no, 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 I'm never doing that again. Whether they lost money or the person, you know, just screwed them over or whatever it is. And I, and I, I always point that it's like, are you the same person you were like that? You, they're like, no, no, my God, no. It's like, well, then why would you not, you know, entertain that if it looks like it's something that might be a fit. So I do applaud the early on clarity of like 50, 50, let's do this thing, you know? And of course, again, it was different than mine because, you know, my uh, experience, she was already, you know, well-established, but I do think it's something that it's sort of like a marriage, right? Where you early on, you kind of have to be conscious of it may not always be that way. Um, And, you know, how, you know, how do we both make sure that we get what we want out of it versus, you know, sort of unconsciously falling into it and then sort of trying to figure it out later. Yeah, we could totally do an entire episode on partnerships. You know, people <laughs> ask me about that a lot. I, there are so many parallels between business partnerships and marriages. And in fact, uh, I remember uh, like seven years ago, we were at one of our live events, and at the end of our at the end of the event, we were you know doing the acknowledgments and thanking the audience and so forth. And Bill basically told the audience, "I want to you know just mention two people who are really important in my life. Here is his wife, you know, Gia, his actual real life wife." And then he said, and this is, you know, my business wife, Patrick, and uh, we all laughing. There are so many parallels because there were times in our business where I would literally probably saw Bill or we saw each other more than he saw his wife. And you fight too, just like spouses, you know, and you, and, and when you're paired up in the divine orchestration of things, you're there to push each other buttons and there to help each other grow. So yeah. yeah we have different desires and sometimes different ideas about what we want to do in the business. And uh, just like in marriage and, uh, you know, you find a way to help everybody have their needs met as best they can, but sometimes there's compromises and sacrifices, but what you're getting from it has to be greater than obviously the compromises and sacrifices. And, you know, that's, that's what I felt the majority of the time, which is, yes, there's some ideas that I was sad that we didn't get to do, but what we were doing was pretty amazing. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah. I think that's a good segue, right? Because yeah, it was good when it was good when things start to shift or you get inklings, you know, that, you know, aren't a hundred percent, this is awesome in your business in general, it's, it sucks and it's challenging, but it's, you know, even more complicated when you're, you're in a partnership. So can you sort of tell us when it first, you first started to feel like things shifting? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, so early on, 
Bill was, was working with one-on-one clients. I was starting to work with one-on-one clients. And we grew things where we were having live events and we started having coaching groups and so forth. And every year it just seemed like, you know, more and more exciting. It was always a ton of work, but uh, we were just watching the number of people coming to our events grow, the number of people in our groups grow and so forth. And, you know, it was a rush, but it got to the point though, where then, you know, we had 20 full-time people on our team and 10 contractor coaches working with us and it started to get really stressful it got to the point where we were generating, you know, four and a half million dollars a year. And there was pressure to keep the money coming in because otherwise you couldn't pay staff and so forth. There was kind of more and more pressure. We were spending less and less time doing the things in our zone of genius, which was really being great with clients, being, uh, you know, in, in communication with our audience and so forth. We had more and more responsibilities related to managing people. And then for me personally, even though, so for 20 years, I'd really been fully immersed in this marketing world, I started to discover this passion for healing. I could see now looking back so much of my life, the reason why I was drawn to all the personal development and the self-help books and the workshops was there was a side of me that was just craving, you know, deep inner healing for my own, you know, psyche and soul. And uh, so when I started about 10 years ago doing deep healing work, and by that I mean, you know, working with people who were doing that work for me, uh, I started just getting really curious about this world of healing because I could see all the benefits I was getting from it. And I started taking these master practitioner trainings in different healing modalities. Of course, when you're learning these sorts of things, then I wanted to be, you know, actually using these tools with clients. And so the more I got interested in healing, the more I was learning tools and really getting good at the tools, the more I was wanting to express that but it was just very challenging to do that in our business because we had a certain sort of business model that was really focused on business coaching. So I would provide healing sessions to my private one-on-one clients. So it got to the point where it felt like uh, I was Harry Potter, you know, like stuffed under the stairwell with these step parents where he wasn't allowed to do any magic because it would really be disruptive to things. And the step parents just wanted him to be the straight-laced kid who just stayed under the stairwell. And I felt the same way, which was, and a lot of this was probably just self-imposed as well, right? Just my own perspective on it. But I kind of felt like I had this whole healing side and passion that was growing that didn't really fit into the business very well. We had to do certain levels of launches and events to, you know, generate the revenue we needed. My passion projects were too small for the business. And so I was feeling, starting to feel more and more sort of repressed that there were these things I was super passionate about that didn't really work very well for the business. And in fact, if we had started doing more of that, it probably would have impacted the business in a negative way. At least that's what you thought, right? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Right. But anytime you're doing something really new and radically different from what you have been, there's no guarantee that that's going to generate the same levels of success in the short term as what you have been doing. And then there's financial implications when you have a lot of team members for that, right? So yeah, there was like a, like an internal conflict and just, I was feeling really, really torn because I wanted to be doing this new work that I was feeling really passionate about, but also concerned about what would be the impact on the business and on the team and people's salaries. And then also on my business partner, you know, I didn't want the business to start, you know, financials and our success to start uh, come tumbling down or start dropping and then having that effect my bottom line, but also my partner's bottom line too. And so, uh, you know, I felt like uh, this obligation wound where I felt really obligated to keep things going for my business partner's sake, for the team's sake and so forth. And then part of me was like, well, what about me? And, you know, when I'm really, how I'm wanting to grow and evolve and express myself. So a lot of that, you know, I was, and I'll own that I was the one repressing it. It wasn't like anybody else was keeping that stuff down. It was me. And so I, I felt, you know, the sense of like golden handcuffs, you know, we had this business that was doing well financially, but it was, I wasn't able to, or I wasn't giving myself the permission or finding a way to express what was like new and really alive for me. Wow. That sounds super frustrating and, um, a bit schizophrenic, not non-clinical <laughs> schizophrenia. Like, you know, you're just feeling like you're like caught between two worlds. You know, there came a day where we're having one of our live events and we used to have this uh, one woman who was just a miracle worker. She did body work and just other magic 
I'm not even sure how to describe exactly her work. Her name's Rochelle, but it's be, it's beyond massage. It's a uh, it, there's something about it that's also sort of like therapeutic, but I mean in a sort of a clinical sort of way. So we would have massages like late at night before the next day of our event, just to kind of come down and be sort of rested for the next day. Nice. <laughs> so she she was in my hotel room and I was on a table and she's doing this work and she said, you know, your body is really talking to me right now. And I wasn't even sure exactly what she meant. But this was at, at a time, Lisa, where I had just, you know, I was going through some really extreme adrenal fatigue during this time. It felt like all I was doing was working because after the work day, I was so tired, I didn't have energy to do anything else. And so I'd come home and I'd be like laying on the couch in my uh, home, just drained. Uh, so this woman, Rochelle, is doing this work. And she said, yeah, your body's really talking to me. And I said, well, what's it saying? <laughs> like, I don't know what you mean exactly, but please tell me what it's saying. <laughs> exactly. I, got, you know, I was curious. And so she told me three things. And one of them was, she said, your body's saying you're really hating what you're doing right now. And then the second thing was, uh, you know, you're, you're not living your passion right now and you're dying as a result. Mm. I don't remember what the third thing was, but I think it was in that same vein. And I immediately hopped off the table, got a notepad and wrote down everything she was saying. So I wouldn't forget because they just hit me like a lightning bolt as being true. And I remember asking her, how is it that you're hearing this and I'm not hearing this? You know, how am I not hearing my own, you know, body wisdom or body messages? And she basically said, because you're not listening. And so after that, so after that session, I just gave her the biggest hug. It was a great body work session, but even beyond that, it was, she was translating probably what my body was trying to communicate to me with that severe adrenal, adrenal fatigue. What were some of the symptoms of your adrenal fatigue? Like, what did that look like in your world? Because that's, that's like, it's like a, I think it's a, it's a oversimplification just to label that because it, there's so much that, so much that goes into it that, that it's really hard to see sometimes. So how did it manifest for you? So yeah, the biggest thing was just being super tired a lot, feeling like I didn't have energy for, for doing much. Doing work was very difficult. I remember going to one of our client retreats. So, you know, clients were paying us for a year of coaching and then they had two retreats a year. And so I remember at one of our client retreats, I was uh, leading a retreat and uh, with Bill and I was just so fatigued. I wasn't sure if I was actually going to be able to do the retreat. And so I remember my first session at the retreat, I just told everybody in the room, all of our clients, I said, look, I just want to be really transparent. It was kind of a GFR moment, Lisa. And I, nice. said, I said, I'm here. I'm super fatigued. I told them about the adrenal fatigue and what I was going through. And I said, I'm going to do my best to just do this whole retreat. I have all sorts of self-care support lined up. So I think it's actually reasonable for me to do this. And I feel really lit up you know, by being here. This is the work I really enjoy doing the most is the in-person work with clients. And I explained what was going on. And then I just took questions. I'm like, okay, I want to just open up for Q&A and comments, and I just want to hear what you have to hear. At the end of the retreat, clients were saying that was the most valuable part of the retreat. I was so shocked because I was like, I hope this doesn't kind of throw people off. I hope people aren't, you know, wanting me to not be there or judging me for being there or judging me for maybe not being at full strength. That it was good to know that it's not all unicorn and roses when you're leading a business. And, uh, that sometime when they were in that same space, that it was good to know others were going through that same sort of thing as well. So. I love that story. And it's so fucking true. And, and I'm shown it over and over again, that speaking my truth and being real and being transparent and being authentic, that people respond to it. It is, you know, and it, of course it led to the GFR mission and it's, 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 it, it's so affirming for people and permission giving for people. You know, they're just like, oh, thank God, you know, I could now say that I'm so tired. And, you know, so I really applaud your, you know, applaud that move and your willingness to do that. And it sounds like you really got a nice affirmation that it's okay to, you know, to be real and to share. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I think oftentimes, at least in the past, uh, in, in part of the, or certain sort of business coaching circles, there was kind of a, a dynamic of never sharing any bad stuff, you know, so talking about the great home or things money can buy and the, 
the education the kids were having and so forth, but really never sharing the downs, only the ups. And so that was kind of a, a and I think that's changing now with podcasts and so forth, but uh, and social media to some degree, not always. That was a revelation for me. And so I actually made it uh, kind of a thing where every client retreat after that, I would always kick off the retreat with like, what's going on for me, right? Some of the good or some side projects, like, hey, I'm working on some healing projects and we don't really talk about it much in the business, but I just wanted to let you know that that's what I'm personally passionate about right now. And then I'd share some of the downs. People love that segment of the retreat so much. And of course it gave people permission who are in the group to share with each other the downs as well. Cause sometimes people will come to a, a group retreat and feel like they can only share the ups because they want to kind of impress each other. So it gave people a big permission slip to share all of it. It sounds like you had a very similar role at your retreats that I had in my retreats with my partnership with Lisa. You know, I, I was the one that sort of like felt like, uh, you know, I gave people permission to, to share, created that safety. And I think part of creating that safety is us sparing our soul a bit, you know, and in an authentic way, because then people feel that, that level of comfort. Yeah. That was a huge breakthrough for me because uh, I would say I've probably spent the last 10 years just working on being more vulnerable, even just exploring what does that even mean? Because uh, when I first started exploring vulnerability, I didn't even know what that meant. Like I had to look the word up in Wikipedia or in the dictionary Wow. get a handle on it because so much of my life had been really much more about just carrying around big walls and shields and uh, keeping everything inside. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That's, that's really, um, I think, helpful to our audience. So in the spirit of vulnerability and, you know, being on the show called GFR, um, I, so first of all, bravo, because it sounds like if you're 10 years ago, you wouldn't have done that. So what happened next? So you, you, your body talked to you, told you hated what you were doing and that you're not living your passion and it's, and it's like causing you like to die a bit inside. And then you, and I don't know how long or the relationship between that and then this retreat where you, you know, had this, um, the adrenal fatigue confession. Like what happened next? How did you, like, what did you do? You're so afraid, you know, to do this work and that's going to impact your business and you have this whole team and you have this partner and yeah, what, what yeah. happened next? Well, it's so clear looking back, but at the time, you know, when I'm like spending so much time at home, not really spending time with people, but just being alone and just having this fatigue, you know, it was like, what the fuck? This sucks. This is a shitty life. But one thing that did come out of it was more listening. And so I started to hear inner wisdom. And I've always had a bunch of friends who seem to be teachers of connecting with inner guidance or whatnot, but I never felt like I had much of a connection with inner guidance. And so that time of a lot of time on my own seemed to be an opening for more connection with inner guidance and inner wisdom. And I started journaling more and just especially after like that sort of wake up call, here's somebody else who's hearing what's going on inside of me and I can't hear it. So I started just spending more time listening. And uh, there's two parts of listening to me. There's like, first just even hearing uh, what's going on inside. And so just, I was forced, so to speak, by my body or something inside to have the time to hear and listen because there was all this time where I was too tired to do anything, including even reading books. So I would just be sort of laying there, just vegging or meditating or contemplating. And so it created lots of space to hear and to hear what was going on inside at a deeper level. And, uh, and then there's listening, which is hearing it and then deciding to do something with it, to honor it, uh, to further it, to deepen it and so forth. So it was a, a, a spell where I got to do both, just hear what was coming through. You know, sometimes when you hear what's coming through, it's not the easiest thing to go forth and do something with. And that's why I think sometimes it doesn't get heard because if you actually heard, you know, what's coming up in a deeper place, it would be scary or threatening. Yeah, so, I mean, that's what confession, I mean, the spirit of confessions and what we really explore in the GFR squad, which is our um, really easy entry membership group for people that, you know, really resonate with the GFR commandments and, you know, what we're talking here on, about on the podcast, 
we've really explored the idea of confession and sometimes how subtle it is, you know, that, like you said, like hearing versus listening, like we might hear something that kind of like, you know, goes in our brain, like, oh, this is really not the partner for me for the rest of my life, you know, and then, but, 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 but doing anything about it feels so overwhelming that it just goes away and, you know, may not even resurface for, you know, months or years, or it, you know, slowly gets louder and louder and louder, or it comes out of your body at a body work session for somebody else to translate for you. Um, but yeah, the, the confession uh, phenomenon, I always say confession brings clarity. It's like when, and when it does finally land, and particularly when we could admit it to ourselves first, right, when journaling or, you know, out loud, um, that's when the listening, I think, can begin, right? Like those changes can be, can be had. Yeah, so I, I love the way you put that, which is admitting it to yourself first, right? So that that was like the first thing, which is I had all this space. That's the silver lining of the adrenal fatigue, which was you know pretty awful, you know, because it went on for you know a year and a half. So you know it was pretty debilitating. But the silver lining was the gift of being able to start hearing what's going on within. And you know, you know, Lisa, and I'm sure many people listening know that uh, if you don't listen or pay attention to what's going on within, your body starts to give you more and more symptoms to get you to listen. And so that's what I got. The other thing for me was, you know, my, one of my life lessons has been speaking my truth. For a lot of my life, it's been a lot more just like keeping it trapped, you know, keeping it like hidden inside. So the next step was for me to actually share some of these things that were coming up for me with my business partner. And so that had felt, you know, really edgy, like, wow. And then finally, when it just became crystal clear, like, yes, you must share these things with him, it just became clear to me, like, why wouldn't I, you know, just what have I been waiting for? <laughs> yeah, there was all the fears of like, what he might say, he might, you know, respond badly, or he might judge it or whatever. And then it was clear to me, who cares? You know, I'm in this situation where clearly, I'm in such a, you know, I'm so out of alignment with myself and my desires and so forth. What is there to lose by sharing that with with the business partner? And there's everything to gain. Yeah. So, so I did have a conversation uh, with Bill and uh, yeah, you know, it turned out he had a lot of stuff inside that he hadn't been sharing with me as well. And so it did actually, you know, after being in a business for a long time, you know, we evolve, we grow and we actually took the, like we ended up spending like quite a number of hours just updating each other on where we are, not just with the business, but as people and in life and with our desires and aspirations and so forth. So, so it actually opened, uh, up, opened up like a massive conversation where we got to just recalibrate individually and together, you know, where we are with things. And, uh, and we got to talk about, well, where do we want to go in this business in a thousand times deeper way than we, you know, had been doing at the time, you know, beyond like, hey, what's our business model or financial projections for the next year to like, you know, what do we really want for ourselves at the deepest level for our business? And, uh, yeah, it was really, really healthy. And it made me like, you know, part of me was like kicking myself for not having done it before, but part of me was like, this is my life lesson in action. You know, I'm bringing it up and look at the benefits of doing, of speaking my truth, right? So beautiful, right? So beautiful. And you talked about um, your favorite GFR commandment right now being number six, which is have faith in yourself and your mission. And the confession question is, what would I do differently if I had faith in myself and my mission? And it, and it, 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 is that one resonating with you because of like, does it relate to this moment you're talking about? It sounds like it. Well, you know, part of it was uh, at a certain point, I got really clear that I'm, I'm really feeling super passionate, super drawn to bringing this healing work into the world, bringing this deep inner work into the world. And, you know, now I have a clear vision, Lisa, of wanting to help bring healing tools to the mainstream in the same way that things like yoga or meditation have gone mainstream. I think there are a lot of people in this world who are craving some sort of healing, whether it's in their relationships, whether it's related to their health or their weights or for their businesses, uh, but they don't know where to find it because it's not part of the mainstream conversation, right? They're not even aware that, you know, some of these really powerful healing tools that I've been exposed to or learning that they're even available. And so when I got really clear, like I want to bring this, deep healing work into the world because I could see now looking back at my life, I've been craving that my whole life and I've been looking in a lot of the wrong places, you know, self-help books that where I kind of got more information, but not really the deeper healing I was looking for. And so uh, when I got clear, that's 
what I want to be doing. Then it was having faith that I can share that with people close to me. I can share that with people in my business and that we can find a way that we can all move forward, be happy and have our desires met. And maybe it would mean shaking things up. Maybe it would mean shaking things up a lot, which is actually what ended up happening. But having faith uh, that I can put that out there to the people close to me and, you know, make it happen without doom and gloom happening or fallout with relationships and so forth. I think that was, it was less about me having faith that I could do the work and bring it out to the world, but more of how do I do that when I'm in this business marriage with a whole bunch of people depending on me? That's where I think the faith was needed. Yeah, that's beautiful. And my understanding from the outside looking in is that fairly quickly, I think within a year or so of that, you there was an opportunity to merge with another company or like that that other opportunities that you may not have even seen before presented themselves. Is that right? Yeah. So, you know, when, when both me and our, my business partner together, when we realized, yeah, well, you know, we're both wanting things to change. And we got in a conversation about that and talked about what some of the options are. Yeah. It led to us eventually, like not too long after that, actually, uh, merging our company with another business uh, and becoming, you know, part of a larger coaching business. And then ultimately to me after a year and a half of, you know, helping with that transition, uh, ultimately exiting that business so I could focus full time on bringing my new work out into the world. So uh, amazing opportunity to be acquired by another business showed up when we had that real conversation about, you know, where we are with things and how neither one of us were feeling super fulfilled with where things were and talking about where that could go and how it could be different. Yeah. It's such a great example of when we speak our truth, like that's when the magic can happen. Like we just, we create such a strong convincing story that all these people would be out of work and, you know, and you'd be living, you know, you're, you're, you talked about your obligation wound, you know, it was like, you, you know, your, you know, business partner would be, you know, out in the snow without you or whatever. Like we, we just, there's such convincing stories, like and very logical and just, you know, so um, rooted that it's, it, that we just cut ourselves off from the, even entertaining the option of something else. And so that's what I love about the GFR community and our squad members, like it's like a great place to just first admit it. <laughs> and so then it, and we've seen like things unfold for people. Like when they finally whisper out, like, I really feel like I, I have to let go of my marriage. And it's just like, there's in such shock, just even saying the words, you know, and of course our personal life does, you know, it's all connected. There is no separation, right? Like your body was speaking to you. There's no separation between your body and your business, right? It's like, you know, when people, you know, finally make those, those whispers of those confections, it's, it's amazing to see how the universe or the spiritual principles that come together, as well as like just the logistical ones that come together. Once we start admitting things, like we start to open our eyes and we see options we didn't see before because you know, that we're, we're, we're putting a crack in the veneer of that story. So it's such a, I love the, the, the example it is of that because I'm all about having people question their thoughts so that they can create change. Yeah, and I'm just really present in this conversation, Lisa, to how similar it is to be in a relationship and tell your partner, for example, I'm just not feeling that happy in a relationship right now, and just how difficult it is to express that, but then also what can happen when you do, and the same with a business partner, to say, I'm just really not feeling that happy right now in the business, how difficult it can be to say that because you don't want to be feeling like you're letting your partner down or you don't want them to feel hurt or you don't want them to take it personally or you don't want the business to fall apart. The relationship sort of confession or the business confession of not being happy, I mean, it's almost, if not practically the same thing. I agree. I agree. And I believe that they both impact the other. You know, um, it's a very common thing when people work more closely with me for there to be a shift in the person's primary relationship in somehow, in some way, you know, it just, it's all connected for the mission driven entrepreneur, right? When we're like our work, our life, you know, our passion, our, you know, fulfilling ourselves as a soul, however you want to, however you want to say it, it's also connected that, um, when one thing is out of alignment, it's going to slow the other thing down. 
you are now out of that partnership and you are free to do whatever you want. And it sounds like you are really owning your mission around bringing healing work. And can you just, you know, in our kind of closing segment here, can you just talk about healing? Because I feel like it's such a general term and I also use it generally as well. And those of, those of us that are more in the healing arena kind of know what it means, but can you just speak into it? Cause it's not just about your back pain, right? Like it's, 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 it's more global than that. And uh, I think that would be, give, that would be a good way to sort of um, have us really feel into what your GFR moment and your wormhole journey brought you to. You know, so I'm mostly working with entrepreneurs right now when it comes to the healing work. And what I saw was uh, uh, in 10 years of being a coach, it seems like almost every client, if not every client, at some point ran into like an inner wall or an inner ceiling with their business. Every client I've ever worked with one-on-one, -on -one, at some point they would say, I feel like I'm getting in my own way. Okay. And so then you explore that. So how are you getting in your own way? What I usually found was however they were stopping themselves, and we're talking about not just stopping themselves for a couple of days, but something where it's bigger than that. They're really stopped for you know, maybe months or longer. Uh, I found that usually it went to a really deep place and to a much deeper place than I could resolve with coaching tools. And I started noticing that when I was ch uh, chatting with coaching friends of mine, including uh, quite a few friends who were, I would regard as master coaches and very successful, very good high level coaches would often say like, I'm running into these uh, client situations that I feel like I'm not able to resolve. And so I got curious about that. And I was wondering, well, what did it actually take to support clients in resolving those things? And what I discovered was you had to go deeper than, you know, mindsets or other things that were often in the coaching toolbox to what happened in an earlier stage in someone's life, some pattern that originated earlier in someone's life that they're still, you know, acting out or is still showing up in their adult life. You know, for example, I had a client recently who, was telling me as a kid, uh, anytime he asked for like jeans, his parents had to say no because they were pretty poor. And so he just learned to be guilty anytime he asked for something. And so same thing was happening in his business. Anytime he wanted to pay himself or have any sort of uh, savings from his business, he wasn't drawing a salary, he wasn't saving any money, and he was acting out the same pattern that he learned as a youth around money. And so I just started seeing that uh, clients were bringing really deep stuff that couldn't be resolved very easily with coaching tools. And I started realizing, well, I've been learning all these healing tools for my deep inner stuff and clients are bringing deep inner stuff all the time now that I'm actually asking, well, what's really going on there? What I have seen is there's kind of five deep wounded places that clients are often bringing uh, and it's showing up in their business. One is not feeling safe, right? That's a very common one for people in the coaching or the transformational space. Uh, so not wanting to be seen or heard or being visible. Uh, a second one is not feeling loved or not feeling like they're enough. Third one is not feeling you can trust other people. Uh, fourth one is having to be perfect or having to do things right. And all these have reverberations from childhood of maybe having a really critical parent where you felt like you always had to get approval from that parent and try to do everything right. I know that was one for me. I was always a straight A student and always someone who was always trying to figure things out, do everything right. And, uh, you know, that uh, continued on in the business, but there's a real shadow side because then you're always on edge, like worried is the shoe going to drop, for example. The fifth one is feeling like it's not okay to be seen, okay, that you kind of have to hide in a shell. And so with, these are five core wounds that a lot of, from, from my uh, studies into psychology, we all have at least two or three of these core wounds uh, that are showing up in our businesses. And so when a client runs up into the, one of these core wound areas, one of the most effective things I think you can do with a client is really go to the core, the, the core or the root cause of whatever is the pattern or the wounding running in the system and just address that directly. So that's what I call healing. I love it. I love it. And of course, I did some work with you because you gifted me a session. And so we're going to talk about that with our GFR squad here after the show. So then we'll reveal to them what my core wound was and the work we did. Because I think it is, it's, it's, um, 
I think it's unavoidable to really look at these these things. And I love that you are taking a helm in your new mission with that. Um, we do have a, a core wound quiz that we're going to have a link in the show notes so people can go find out, um, you know, what what's where, you know, what is their blind spot, right? Yeah, you know, a quote I want to share with you because I know you like to have people share quotes sometimes. Yeah, show. let's give us a, give us the final quote, Patrick. <laughs> and I'm not sure where this came from, but it's a. Uh, Nothing further suffering more than not wanting to look at the cause of it. Ooh, say it again. Nothing further suffering more than not wanting to look at the cause of it. Mm, so good. So and true. so that's one of the things I've been doing with people who know there's some sort of pattern or pain or something going on inside emotionally that's been going on for a while. And they haven't looked at the cause of it. And sometimes it's not that easy to figure out how to look at it or how to understand it. So that's one of the first things I do with people is let's just look at, let's just lift up the rock, see what's there. And it's usually, it seems scary to do so, but once you look, it's usually not as scary as it seems. Yeah. Well, I just, I congratulate you. I really do from coming from somebody that didn't know what the word vulnerable meant and actually had to look it up to, you know, walking through modifying a business and a relation, business relationship to really deciding and owning like your, your destiny around helping people with healing. I just, I'm so glad to have you on the show to get to share your story for us to, you know, see all of our um, connecting points and, you know, really travel the next chapters together. Um, I think, you know, this is what um, the GFR is all about. So I really appreciate you being here and, and sharing your story. Thank you, Lisa. I love the show and it's just been so great to be able to just, you know, sort of let down some of the walls and just share a little bit of the real deal. I hope that was helpful for people. I'm sure it was. Thank you so much, Patrick. Thank you, Lisa. Well, that was awesome. I loved learning about the five core wounds. It's one of those things that's like so uh, obvious, but can be hidden. <laughs> so if you want to find out what your core wound is, he has gifted us with his core wound quiz. So there's a link to that in the show notes. And of course, that will be the best way to keep in touch. He said, feel free to contact me on social. So we'll include his social links in the show notes as well. Uh, what a great conversation that was with Patrick. And again, if you want to know about my core wound, uh, join the GFR squad at gfr.life.squad. I'm laughing because Oh, I just love how I just sort of uh, lay my soul on the line for y'all's evolution. And uh, I guess that's, that's my purpose. It was really great being here with you. If you haven't gotten your copy of the 12 GFR commandments, you can go to gfr.life forward slash 12C and grab those, print them out. It is your roadmap for getting real. And make sure you subscribe to the show. So if this is your first time, welcome. And you want to make sure that the next episode that is meant to inspire you or nudge you or have you not feel alone or whatever motivation you're needing at that moment um, comes into your ear holes. So that means subscribe on any of the places that you listen to podcasts like Apple Podcasts or Google Play. Discover, if you don't know what a podcast player is, <laughs> discover yours and subscribe to this show as your first show at get F star, 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 I-N-G-R-E-A-L. All right. Enough giggling for me. I will see you next week.